Up the slot, Miller lost it, Dodonov gets it, two on one, with Stone, on the right, Stone to Dodonov, he scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Maybe a two on one, Petrangelo gets it, he shoots, he scores! Short-handed goal, Alex Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace out at Parkway Tavern, Flamingo and the 215. Millard, Studio 31. Chapman, back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... against the uh, Staples Center. Sorry, Darren, I wasn't able to hear you. What, what was that again? You guys weren't able to hear me at all? Well, no, Chapman was able to hear you. I was, uh, I was unable to hear you. Ah, but now you can hear me. Now I can hear you. Well, because it was really good. I'm just talking yeah, about payback I, uh, against the LA Kings for the oh, okay. Game 2 result. Got it. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, well, now, that, uh, now that things are up and running, uh, I've got a couple of uh, questions for you. Uh, COVID, uh, when it relates to the Vegas Golden Knights lineup, how concerned day-to-day are you guys about what uh, what's going to happen, who's going to be in, who's going to be out? Uh, day-to-day, um, I mean, fairly concerned. And, and it, it's, it's a concern, I think, just because you're seeing other teams go through uh, periods where, you know, maybe for a couple of days there aren't any guys going into the protocol, and then all of a sudden you get a couple in a couple of days. So I think on a day-to-day basis, just given the – the, the way that that this variant is, is spreading, I, I think that the concern is there um, probably uh, every day in the back of my mind in the morning. It's kind so, of like I, I texted you guys yesterday. I just at this point have assumed that everybody in the league is in protocol, and when I see the names of players who are actually not in protocol, I kind of get happy about it because I'm like, yay, that guy's going to play tonight. But I think it's a little concerning, and and. I think at some point maybe we even need to start to question the integrity because if you look at what's going on in the NFL and the Colts, their game against the Raiders, it sounds like all their players who a week ago would have had to probably sit out this game, it sounds like some of them are actually going to be able to play because they've just changed their policy in the last couple of days. I, I ask you about uh, how much uh, you're following and uh, and putting into uh, the words and emotions about uh, the COVID protocol because uh, – Today, the Golden Knights practiced, they tested, and there was uh, nobody else placed into protocol. So, I mean, given that we're putting so much emphasis on this right now, having nobody else put into protocol is a huge victory uh, for the Golden Knights. And I, I said yesterday that having two uh, coming out of the, the holiday break was, was a positive uh, step forward. And not having anybody else put into protocol today... Uh, I, I think Vegas is in a pretty good spot, especially compared to some other teams. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Again, and and you know, we we kind of touched on it yesterday. As far as as far as where I lean on this, I'm trying not to get too high or too low. I'm trying not to read too much into 
certain situations with uh, with the NHL and the COVID protocol and, and where the Golden Knights fall on that because, uh, you know, we, we've seen over the course of just a 24-hour period, 36-hour period, things can go from, from non-existent to uh, spreading through your team. So right now, yeah, the, the Golden Knights yeah. are in a, a pretty good spot. And that's uh, the only thing you can judge it on, right, Ryan? Like, sure, you, it, you, it you is, can't forecast 36 hours out, uh, not, not, not a chance. Not generally, no, but if there's anything that I've learned over the last couple of years, it's, it's that I'm not, you know, it, maybe you call it being a curmudgeon, you, you call it being maybe a little bit pessimistic, but just because it's going right, going well right now or trending in the right direction right now, uh, it doesn't mean that the other shoe no. might not drop on the other side. And, and that's where I, I get my cautiously um, optimistic or pessimistic viewpoints on things. I, I just prefer to, to worry about it every single morning because that's how I operate. But, but that's, that's all you can do. If, if there's anything that's going to teach you to live in the moment or spend some time in the moment uh, regarding the Vegas Golden Knights and, and sports right now, it is this current situation. Uh, you you wake up, the players test, and you wait for the results. And yeah. you wait to see if the team announces anybody's gone into COVID protocol. If nobody's gone into COVID protocol, that is a huge advantage on what the uh, opposite effect could be. And the Golden Knights having uh, two players placed into COVID protocol coming off the break, which is uh, a couple of days of, of testing, uh, I think leaves them in a good spot. Now, you're still out four. Uh, people with Coach Pete DeBoer, uh, Brett Howden, Alex Petrangelo, and Evgeny uh, Dodonov. You're still down uh, a, a real significant part of your lineup, but uh, it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, it could change, but uh, not not having a trickle, uh, not not a one today. Uh, take that, run, and and get ready for the game. Right into Crypto.com Arena. Right into Crypto.com. So here's some uh, some history for you. 1999, October 20th, 1999. Mm-hmm. First ever game at Staples Center. Yep. Do you remember who they played? I don't. I, I wish I could say I do, but I don't. The Boston Bruins oh, were in okay. town. Yep. And Anson Carter scored the first goal at Staples Center. Nice. In a 2-2 draw. <laughs> that sounds like 1999. We're not going to have that tonight. No. Uh, that certainly won't uh, happen. Uh, but you've got uh, Crypto.com Arena, which will uh, play its first hockey game tonight. And it's just, it's if there was ever a time not to do this name change from the Staples Center, isn't it right now? <laughs> Yeah, more than likely, yes. Because yeah. you, you, you've you got the easy button there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you take away the easy button in the middle of a pandemic, uh, yeah. bordering on endemic, that's just the wrong time for, uh, as, as as my brain works. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not there yet. Like, at some point tonight, I know I'm going to say Staples Center and I'm going to get really irritated at myself for doing it. Uh, I've heard a couple of good names for uh, for Crypto.com Arena. There's only, there's only one good one. Darren, What's that? Come on. The what crypt. do you got? The crypt. Come on. The crypt. Yeah. Yeah. And tales of the crypt. And, I mean, it's uh, it's all playing off the same thing. Yeah, but uh, it cryptic. It was a cryptic performance. Things like that. There's uh it's, there's there's a few things uh, floating around. Not, but it was. Dude, hold on. Do any of them not involve the word crypt? Well, no. Well, cryptic. I guess they all they all have to. They all they they have to 
border uh, on at least uh, one uh, one version away from arm's length away. But uh, I, I thought it was interesting that Braden McNabb said that uh, that it, it felt weird, it looked weird uh, walking into the building. Now, he, he played for the L.A. Kings, and he's certainly been going there uh, as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. But uh, that, that the players would even notice uh, this, uh, this uh, name change with the arena. I mean, it, it's interesting. Like, the, the Staples Center, it, because I think the Kings were able to win their only two championships in that building, and it was under that name, that monkeyer of Staples Center, like, that's always going to hold some really special, uh, poignant moments within the hearts of Kings fans. So you're, you're changing it. They're, there's going to be time, obviously, for uh, new memories to kind of overtake some of the old ones. But uh, when you when you really look at the L.A. Kings and, and their history and and what the 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 building meant to to those those fans and in that city, uh, this one's going to take some time to get used to. It just simply is. It, it, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, and then you add in. The Lakers, yeah, a uh, little bit less so uh, for the Clippers and uh, award shows that uh, that have been held at, at Staples Center. You just it's 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 one of the if not top three most uh, famous arenas uh, in North America. Uh, I'd be I mean you, you give me uh, two that would beat it, uh, Madison Square Garden being one. Uh, now 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 is your challenge to come up. So uh, it's uh, entertainment wise, uh, NBA wise, uh, certainly uh, the National Hockey League. Uh, but it goes through its first name change. You know, twenty years it, that that's a long time yeah. uh, for a rink to have the same name uh, in in this day and age. Uh, Air Canada Centre in Toronto just uh, it went through a name change recently uh, to Scotiabank Arena. That was a little different. Winnipeg's arena has uh, has just changed names. Uh, is there a, a rink that you could say has the same type of uh, commercial uh, name where it would be as difficult to get your head around as, as Staples Center? Um, I, I don't. I don't feel like there is right now for me. Um, you know, the the one arena that I don't think should ever be called anything else, and it's not so much a commercial name or anything like that, but uh, if you were to change the name of Madison Square Garden, like I, I just I don't think anyone would ever be able to. to it's the only one. Head. It's yeah. the only one without naming rights. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's the thing. Like if, if you were to – if one day – that arena had naming rights all of a sudden it would just feel disgusting it, it just, I, I couldn't do it well we've we've been through this though with with some of the classics right like maple leaf gardens boston garden the spectrum in philadelphia i mean they've all they've all been demolished and they've all been re- rebuilt into new cathedrals but yet they all have corporate names but i'm with ryan madison square garden to me if that if that one day was named crypto.com garden i'd probably vomit like multiple times because come on okay i i get it i get it it's there's tradition but you're not vomiting listen the the, 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 the staples yeah yeah i mean as we found out yesterday guys i do have a weak stomach so um you know i'm I'm a bit with ryan on this though because there's there's a lot of history with staples center even though it's only been open what 20 years how many laker championships you have the king's banners you have the la sparks banners all that tradition and history in an arena that's only like 20 years old and 
Now it's something, look, maybe it's just the old guy in me. I have no idea what the hell crypto.com is. At least I knew what Staples was. It was a place I'd go to send faxes. Yeah, yeah, and how's that working out for the fax business? <laughs> yeah, not, not, not too well, but they sell computers and, and office supplies, so at least I knew what Staples was. It's really not that big of a deal when you really think about it because mm. it, it's, it's just a name change. None of the bricks and mortar, uh, you're not changing locations uh, with any of it. It's, it's really irrelevant outside of the company that's having its sign taken off and the, the sign that's going back on. Yeah, I, I feel like you should do a, a radio spot in L.A. and tell that to the fans and see how that reaction goes for you. I, 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 I mean, I disagree. I, I think that, you, you know, when you boil it all down, yeah, it's, it's one name coming down and one name going up, and everything is more or less going to stay the same. But uh, you're talking about 20 years of memories, and, and it wasn't so much memories. But the building doesn't change. But there changes like there will be some changes inside the arena and and once that that kind of comes to be and everything is 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 different from from that aspect because that was something that that crypto.com mentioned is is some some updates infrastructure wise to the building and you know how much is is that going to change the way that it looks on tv how much is going to change the aesthetic inside the building Uh, those are all questions that that need to be answered before you say that it's just naming uh just a different name and nothing else changes I think you guys are a little too heavy-hearted well, on this. Well, I mean, you, you, this this one's a little bit closer to you at home, but yeah. how important was the name Winnipeg Jets? Oh. They left, became the Coyotes, and then the Atlanta Thrashers moved to, to Winnipeg. They didn't stay the Winnipeg Thrashers. They kind of went back to the traditional Winnipeg Jets. We know how much Darren would have hated that, the Winnipeg it, Thrashers. It's Well, it actually likes the name of their, one of their minor hockey programs uh, in, in Winnipeg, which is uh, very odd. But that's a franchise. This is this is a, a building. I don't know, and people, it's not changing the building. People like, people like nostalgia. They TD like Gardens had five names. Uh, the the building in Philadelphia can't tell you what the name of it is because it's had twelve names. Yeah, I think when it opened, uh, it was uh, the Wachovia Bu- Center. Buffalo Buffalo's had a bunch of different names. Marine Midland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, none of them had the staying power of uh, Staples Center. No. And but none of them built the same memories at the state. Yeah, there's there's no tradition in that building other than losing. Well, no, the, but the, the, no, the traditions are still there with the building. It's the name. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I just, yeah, you're, getting, they, you're still I'm, losing. I'm, yeah, I'm 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 just uh, a little surprised at uh, at how many uh, people were reacting negatively, and and What's part it? of it was was also uh, a little bit to what uh, Chapman talked about is crypto, like the mainstream. Uh, there's a there's a certain fraction that do know uh, what cryptocurrency and uh, all, all of that uh, that Virtu- business really revolves around. Arena. And then there's the other part that goes, what is crypto.com? Well, fill us in, Darren. Like, you know, virtual chickens. And virtual chickens, yeah. Races. Uh, I deal with like it, that. and I watch it, and I yeah. see try to figure out how much money I'm going to lose and, and whether it's going to go belly up. But it does appear, hey, I'm not going to. There's part of me that wants to make fun of it because mm-hmm. I don't fully grasp the entirety of it, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency. And then there's the other part where I don't have a right to make to make fun of it or mm-hmm. or mock it because uh, I'm probably 
just one of those people that's too late to the party and missed yeah. out on it and would be making fun of it because I didn't make the millions of dollars that others are, and that would come across as bitter. And I think that's where a lot of us are. So, like, no different than anything else you mock or make fun of. Because I'm bitter? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That, that, that's where mocking comes from. I just, I just, I just want, you to, it's, I, I want you to dunk on it. That's all. It's, it, that's that's the, the, the base level of mocking. Sure. It's just so, being bitter and angry and jealous and envious you, uh, you of often, things. You often say that I am, uh, I'm, I'm ornery on this show, that I, I'm a little bit grumpy. Uh, when it comes to Staples Center and renaming it uh, Crypto.com Arena, uh, I'm absolutely going to be grumpy about it. I don't like it. I don't like you, change. I don't like the fact that now it's, it's going to be in the back of my mind that I cannot call this building Staples Center on the broadcast today. And I know I'm going to. I know I'm going to screw it up, and I don't like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm somewhat sentimental, but also just don't like the, the, the extra wrinkle it's putting into my day today. That's you all. know what they did uh, did right though was they didn't call it uh, Crypto.com Center or uh, anything uh, along the line, same line. Uh, when you go to um, like the Garden in Boston, they went with uh, Fleet Center originally, mm-hmm. uh, and then they went to TD Garden, and everybody just calls it the Garden. The name, if if you stay with the same arena, center, garden, pavilion, or what, whatever. Uh, terminology you wanted to use people just default to like the center and or the garden or the, the the arena and you don't get your money's worth as as a as a as a sponsor so um when you talk about uh uh toronto did it uh, with air canada center they changed it to Scotiabank arena just so you couldn't uh, go along that route i think that that's very wise it's simple but it's wise yeah, I would have been like a big fan of Kinko's Arena or something like that. Well, oh, now see, that would have been cool if that would have happened. Like if they would have snuck in and stolen it, like a rival office. That Max would be yeah, that be would great. be awesome. Like what's Miami's rink uh, where the Heat play? Like, I have no idea what that thing's called. Well, the, the Heat play in American Airlines Center. Do they? Yeah, but I don't. I I don't think that the the Panthers don't play in the same building. No, 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 no. They they play in Sunrise. Yeah. That's why I said the heat. Down, downtown Miami. Nice place. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I kind of wish they still played there, actually, compared to, uh, to Sunrise. But that's, that's just me because more people go to the games in, in downtown Miami. But uh, there, there you go. Just a little bit of uh, just uh, hashing it out regarding uh, what's happening tonight at Crypto.com Arena. Uh, the Crypt. And they will host its uh, first hockey game tonight. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings against the uh, the Golden Knights. Not available for the Golden Knights. Uh, head coach Pete DeBoer. Steve Spott is the acting head coach uh, for this one. Uh, Brett Howden is not available. And then you have Alex Petrangelo and Evgeny Dodonov uh, not available because of COVID. Now on the injury front, uh, Robin Leonard will not play. And Mark Stone will uh, doesn't sound like he is going to be able to go uh, due to bumps and bruises. Game time decisions. Alex, uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, Nick Hag is uh, a game time decision, and Max Pacioretty is a game time decision. There's a there's a big chunkier lineup uh, that you've been used to watching lately that isn't going to be able to go, and that's on the heels of me saying we got good news. Digest that. Well, I mean, it's it's just this season in a nutshell for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's it's all about adversity. It's all about dealing with and getting through uh, periods of time, 
where you're without some of your better players due to whatever it is, COVID or in, in you know, this case with Mark Stone and Robin Leonard injury. So uh, it, it's not a, a new or unique experience for this Golden Knights team to, to be dealing with this this year. Um, and every time they've had to kind of go into a game without really knowing what the lineup's going to look like or with having a, a piecemeal lineup of sorts, uh, they've been able to wrestle what they need out of the lineup in order to get some points. So uh, no real difference for the Vegas Golden Knights when you go into this game. It's uh, it's going to be a bit of a mystery when we see them come out for warm-up to see yep. exactly who's in and who's where uh, for this game tonight. Uh, not having a game two days ago or three days ago to be able to draw some kind of uh, perspective off of. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have some you know thoughts, I guess, or, or ideas. Like I would imagine if assuming that nothing changes and there's as you mentioned there have been no more positive covid tests for the golden knights you can kind of lock in the misfit line being the line that stays together and everything else around that uh good luck we'll find out uh, about 30 minutes to puck drop uh, yeah, exactly, and we'll be watching the the line rushes both uh, on the television side, and I'm sure that uh, that you will have uh, that uh, tracked down. Uh, and we should note too that uh, Dan Duva will not be calling today's uh, game. Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, will be uh, will be filling in on that front. So looking forward to Brian McCormick uh, calling his first ever National Hockey League uh, regular season game. Yeah, it's it's a pretty you know it's a pretty big big deal I think for Brian McCormick and uh, he will be my pregame guest. That'll be at seven p.m. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, seven o'clock. So it's uh, half an hour into the pregame show. The Golden Knights up against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, we we remember what happened. Uh, game two of the season for Vegas walked in there uh, fresh off the victory over the uh, Seattle Kraken to open up the campaign. And it was Los Angeles uh, handing Vegas a 6-2 uh, beatdown. And it, it was it was well warranted on behalf of L.A. They played a really good hockey game. Anzi Kopitar, Drew Doughty were outstanding. Uh, the shots were heavily in favor of the, uh, of the L.A. Things Vegas admittedly wasn't very sharp. Uh, uh, this uh, this will be a, a bit in the, in the back of their minds, I would assume, uh, just trying to, to make amends from that performance. Yeah, generally this year the Golden Knights, when they've, they've gotten a second look at an opponent, they've they've done a, a pretty good job of, of rectifying some of the mistakes that they made earlier on in, in the year. Um, so I, I would expect really not much too different here uh, against this L.A. Kings team. Both sides have been impacted by COVID coming into this game. The, the Kings are going to be without uh, some regulars. Uh, I think the loss of Phil Deneau not in the lineup for, for L.A. is going to be you know, massive for them in a negative way. Uh, good for the Vegas Golden Knights, but, you know, I, I think that this is just a Golden Knights team that's in a very different spot than they were game number two of the year. And for the Golden Knights, you want to go into this game, you want to play the right way, and you want to come out of it without any injuries. Uh, you, you want to leave the ghost of Staples Center behind and, and have some good memories with the, uh, with the, the new ghosts in the crypt. Ghosts don't have to leave. I mean, they can. It's the same building. You don't know. You don't know if uh, Ghost Adventures went in there and, and had a little bit of time with the ghost. No to make way. Sure they went away. They've no been. They, they've had to recalibrate all their gear uh, for COVID. They they they've what taken a break from from the whole ghost adventuring thing. What, what are you talking about? They don't yeah. have to recalibrate their gear because of COVID. Yeah, they they're focused on getting rid of COVID right now, not not on ghosts. The ghosts are, are running a, squarely on ghosts. Running amok. Uh, oh, okay. L- LA's actually uh, 
turn things around. It was a it was a struggle that first win against Vegas, and then they they really dipped, and uh, everybody was questioning whether or not this team was indeed ready to take that next step. And uh, with all this young talent, and and maybe make that rise up the standings as as a lot uh, were expecting, and they hit uh, a real really good run uh, with that. Uh, uh, seven-game winning streak and eight-game point streak uh, in the middle of uh, of what is their their campaign uh, through the uh, the 30 games that they played, and and since then, since that run that that essentially saved their season, they're in and around uh, a little over 500. This is a team that that can't be taken lightly. This is a team that is finding ways to stay in the race. They're three points out of a wild card spot. This is a team that that can. That would be one of those scarier clubs where uh, they're they're just on on the little like, outer edge of being relevant back in the Western Conference. Yeah, and you know it, it's you kind of look at the the score sheet. You look at the guys that are kind of driving the bus here for you know the LA Kings, and it starts it begins and ends with Andre Kopitar, who's nearly a point a game, thirty games into the season, and he's just been a stalwart. He's been exactly what you you need him to be with some younger players coming into the lineup and and really relying on on some some youth and depth down the lineup you need your top guys to perform Kopitar's done that Jonathan Quick has, has had a really really fine season so far for the LA Kings he's a 219 goals against average and a 930 save percentage like i think a lot of people coming into this year uh, recognized or at least signified that there would be a changing of the guard in net for the LA Kings. Cal Peterson uh, is that next guy, but Jonathan Quick has been playing out of his mind all year long, and um, you know he's, he's kind of rewriting some of those storylines going into uh, you know the, the second third of, of the season. His, his numbers are crazy good for yeah. his, his one-loss record. Yeah, I know. I know. It runs support, but I mean, that's kind of always been the issue with, with the Kings and, and Jonathan Quick at times. Uh, we'll get into whether or not uh, we think Nick Hag or Max Pacioretty will play. We also have some one-timer news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, players not very happy with uh, some of the uh, decisions that have been made regarding the Olympics and others uh, unhappy with uh, uh, the decision to go ahead and play some of these games. So we'll break that down for you. And also have some uh, major news uh, from the National Football League. Not often we spill things over, uh, but uh, uh, we just uh, found out that John Madden has passed away. Uh, so maybe some of uh, some memories of, of John Madden as uh, we sprinkle in uh, through this VGK Insider Show. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas leading up to the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights on the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Question for the listeners. Do you have any brand loyalty because of the name of a rink? See, nobody responded. Do you want, I, well, you've nobody, said no, no, nobody responded. a question to the listeners. Yeah. What are you talking What's about? It? No, nobody responded. Well, you didn't, give them, you didn't give them the number either. Uh, hey, I can only do so much, You Ryan. can only do nothing. I can only on. do so yeah. much. Yeah, good point. Uh I'm going to throw out some uh, some names. Nashville. What's the name of the rink? Bridgestone Arena. That's a famous one. I, do, I hope that one never goes away. I don't have Bridgestone tires, so I you I don't can... have Bridgestone tires. No, nope. Kumo Neither tires. Oh, I couldn't tell you the name of my tires. That's really? not a good thing. They're round. You should, you should actually research tires. Yeah. yeah, they are round, and they are made of rubber. 
Well, well, most of them are. Most of them are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's about as far as I can go. If they're not on, round and made of rubber, you've got a serious problem. On tires. Anaheim. Oh, Honda Center. Center. All right. Uh, well done. Uh, let's go uh, with uh, Edmonton. Uh, Rogers something or other. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> like a million different I know, ones, right? I know. Rogers Place, Rogers Arena. Oh, it's yeah, Ro- it's Rogers Place. It's Rogers yeah. Place. Uh, yeah. Vancouver is Rogers Arena. Yeah, Jeez, and I've been there, and I didn't, and I, and I was thinking Rogers something. What's, uh, what's the, the football state? Is it still GM? GM Place? Uh, it's BC Place. BC but Place. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. How do they ever come up with BC, right? Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's go with Detroit. Little Caesars. Little Caesars Arena. Nice. Pizza, uh, pizza. Well done. St. Louis. Is it the uh, Enterprise? Enterprise Rent the car. Yes. Yes. Uh, how about Carolina? Oh, PNC something or other. Nice. That yeah. was well done. My dad actually yeah. used to work for PNC Bank. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo. That's Key all Bank. you, Ryan. Key Bank. And it, it might have changed eight times. <laughs> During the commercial break. Then, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, well, Buffalo and Philadelphia under the same umbrella of mm-hmm. – it's it's not the buildings that are changing names, it, they are, but they're not changing names because of rights deals changing. It's that the parent bank keeps getting swallowed up by another bank, <laughs> and and then they have to change the name. And so it's it's really no fault of the rights deal. Uh, it's the same actual agreement. It's just that the bank no longer exists because it's been purchased by somebody else yeah I, I love philadelphia by the way because it opened as the core state center in 96 i was still living back that way when it did and then it became the first union center then it was the wachovia center and today it is the wells fargo center could have told you that what about uh what was the first name of buffalo marine midland i think it was marine midland yeah all right and then what are the what have been the other names of that uh, that facility ryan oh, who, who cares all right. Doesn't matter. Boston. Boston <laughs> opened up at the Fleet Center. I almost called it the Fleet Center when when Vegas was there the other day. Really, uh, Fleet Center, uh, because you just go back to uh, to what uh, you know. Uh, how about the Tampa Bay Lightning? Oh, Amelie Arena. Amelie, yeah. Has it been Amelie the whole time? Probably not. Yeah. By the way, Buffalo has gone through four name changes: Marine Midland, HSBC first, Niagara Center, and now uh. it's KeyBank Center. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really at really one of you'd, you'd have to think that. for one of them they actually had a decent team at one of them. Maybe they should go back to Marine Midland because that's when they had some decent teams. The best name of all is is Philadelphia and First Union Center. <laughs> and what 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 became the shorthand of that? Uh, like nothing, <laughs> nothing matched the team more than First Union Center uh, in 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 Philadelphia. Uh, hey, how about John Madden? Uh, Eighty five years old, and I know it's a hockey show. I realized that, and I gave somebody heck uh, a month ago uh, for bringing up football uh, on this program. But uh, but John Madden, uh, a uh, sports fan, every sports fan uh, knows who John Madden is, uh, and uh, he passed away. Uh, probably as well known as uh, much of a Hall of Famer as he was as a football coach, but uh, uh, as an analyst, he changed the game and uh, and a lot of what we see in hockey and the language and the entertainment value. I, analysts before John Madden told you just a, a little bit about the game, he made it entertaining and fun uh, uh, for for people like Shane Knighty to to show us their personalities. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, it, it, and this is coming from somebody that, that is not the, the biggest football fan in the world, I, I just never really had those, those moments growing up where football was at the center of my universe when I was watching uh, stuff at home. But, like, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's about the soundtrack of football to me. Like, if I close my eyes and think about when I remember watching football games, it's John Madden who I hear in my head. That's really what it is. And, and you're talking about a guy that, that provided that soundtrack for a, a long, long time for, uh, you know, arguably the, the North America's most popular sport. Yeah, well, just, I'm just going off script, right? He, he would he would circle the sweat marks on the, uh, the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys uh, offensive line pants. Uh, he, he would uh, he would throw in the sound effects like the boom or the crash, and 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 just he broke the mold of, of being a sports commentator. Yeah, and for me, I mean, quite the opposite of Ryan. I actually grew up where football was dominant in in my house, and both my mom and brother were Dallas Cowboy fans, so. Every Sunday from September until, you know, the end of January, John Madden was was basically the soundtrack of, of my childhood and my teenage years. And then, of course, you incorporate the video games, which are, I mean, I think today most kids probably know Madden more for video games than they do well, as the guaranteed. coach who, who yeah. Yeah. won a Super Bowl with the Raiders and, and was maybe the best football analyst of all time. I mean, I can remember Pat Summerall and John Madden every single Sunday breaking down Troy Aikman throwing touchdown passes to Jay Novacek and Michael Irvin. I mean, it was just part of my childhood, and it's obviously a very sad day because Madden Madden was part of the, you know, for, for, for me, it's, it's, it's part of my youth. And, and anytime something like that happens and goes away, it feels like part of you goes away as well. And, and you know, certainly a very sad day. Uh, John Madden passing away at uh, the age of 85, uh, known for the Madden bus. Uh, because he, he he didn't fly. Uh, there's a great documentary. I don't know whether it's released just yet or whether it's coming, but there's an awesome documentary uh, that's, uh, that's just been completed uh, regarding John Madden. And uh, everybody thinks he, he just he was afraid of flying, and it was that he was claustrophobic. And then he had a really bad flight uh, experience and said, I'm done, uh, shutting it down. And that's where the, uh, the motorhome uh, came from. And he would, uh, he would crisscross all over North America uh, on the Madden mobile. And uh, just he wasn't, wasn't the most successful football coach. He was young. He was uh, ahead of his time uh, and, and then got into the broadcasting side of it. Uh, but there was football coaches that won more championships. Uh, football coaches that also uh, went into broadcasting, but uh, but he was he was really unique. And I'm trying to think of a comparison uh, on the hockey side because we've had young coaches, we've had coaches that have won a couple and then gone into broadcasting and and uh, kind of uh, changed things uh, up uh, a little bit in, in how you present the game. Uh, but but Scotty Bowman didn't spend uh, a lot of time uh, broadcasting. He dabbled in it uh, a little bit. Don Cherry would probably be the, the closest thing. Uh, uh, he didn't win a championship, uh, Don Cherry, in, in the National Hockey League, but is very Madden-esque in, in the way he altered the presentation of the game and made uh, the game must, must view. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably the closest you're going to get uh, as as far as a, a comparable. Um, you know, it, one one name that I would throw out there, but it, you know, he's currently coaching right now would would be Bruce Boudreau. Like, I think if you give Bruce Boudreau um, more opportunities in, in broadcasting, he's he's going to have his personality shine through. He's going to be able to captivate people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking at just kind of 
uh, guys that have done it before or have been close. Don Cherry's probably the closest one in hockey. Yeah, there's not a lot of coaches who, who've made that smooth transition. I mean, a, a lot of players have done it. I mean, I think of like Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley in, in you know on the TNT NBA broadcasts. But I think coaches are a little bit of a different breed. Like, I can't imagine Bill Belichick going into broadcasting following his coaching career. I mean, we see the way he's... I will say this about Belichick. When he's engaged, and the, t- the top 100 was, was a great example, when, and when he's engaged, he's really good. When he doesn't want to be engaged and doesn't give uh, a rat's butt uh, about what's happening, then he's terrible. But that's an, that's an act. When, when, when he's involved in the process, uh, I, I found him to be pretty pretty interesting. Now, would he ever want to put time into broadcasting? Probably not. Like, I mean, I mean you're, you're probably right. I mean, like Bill Cower, I think is he's he's right. okay, but I don't think. Would you like, have thought Bill Cower uh, as a great analyst, well, I, great commentator, I, I do when he was a coach? Cower, no, no, when had, he was a coach, yeah, because he had that personality on the sideline. Like he's the kind of guy he'd grab the players' face mask and he'd get in their face, and you can kind of. I, I remember him. Him there was a there was a play where the Steelers lost a game because the refs made a mistake with the amount of guys on the field. And he went out to, to midfield and he circled the 12th guy and he stuffed it in the ref's pocket. Like, that was great. Like, that was Bill Cower having personality. Belichick doesn't quite have that. But, I, I, I mean, I wonder. Rex Ryan, I think, could have been good had he won a championship. He'd probably still be coaching. But he had the personality. And he's kind of a goofball. And I think that's kind of fun. But, I mean, there's not I – I think the NFL is probably the hardest because I don't think I – th- I think those guys are all cut from a different cloth. And they all—they're a different breed. Like Terry Crisp did a lot of announcing. Uh, former Calgary Flames head coach, uh, he was with the Nashville Predators organization. Still does uh, some, but he's more of, uh, of a pre-post game and intermission analyst now instead of the actual game analyst. Uh, basketball has a lot of former coaches that, that do games. Uh, I wonder why—I wonder why hockey's a little different. You know, I, I would argue that it's it's likely because once coaches are done, I think they're done, they're away from the game, and, and you know, it, it, it doesn't – I think the broadcasting side of things just – it doesn't really compare with the preparation every single day of going in and, and, and being in the fight and being uh, in that competition. I will throw one name out there, though, that I would love to see behind the desk as an analyst, Daryl Sutter, because, I, like, low-key – hilarious really really my kind of humor i would love to see daryl sutter just let things fly um behind the desk in analyzing a game i think it'd be fun i think paul maurice would, would be good on television even though he, he's obviously not coaching right now but he i starts, worked with paul maurice yeah uh, in, in, in broadcasting he's he's brilliant yeah i mean he's funny he's got a sense of humor he's he's very dry which i like but i think Part of it, too, in coaching with the NHL is the shelf life of, of NHL coaches doesn't seem to be very long at certain places. Like, it seems like there's a lot more turnover in the NHL than some of the other sports. So it almost seems like some of these guys are always just waiting for their next job. Like, like I enjoy Rick Tockett, but, I mean, he's not going to be out of coaching very long, I can't imagine. No, you're right. Uh, Tockett's done a nice job uh, on the TNT broadcast. That's, that's, a, good, uh, that's a good pull. Right there uh, on the subject of, of coaches turned broadcasters. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux definitely went into broadcasting with the NHL Network uh, as, a, as a game plan to keep his name, his face, his, his popularity, uh, his presence out there. And, and it took a while, uh, but it, 
it worked. Like being being on television in front of uh, owners and managers every day uh, certainly has has its benefit in, in that regard. And he's entertaining, right? He's raw. Like Bruce isn't a gifted broadcaster uh, by by any means, but he's he's natural and he's and he is he's himself. And, and I think I think that's what uh, what is what is a great draw uh, for him. Uh, the the other reason uh, that he's successful in both sides is he's not uh, he's not holding anything back, and and there's I'm sure there's some things that he didn't say that he that he could have said, uh, but uh, a lot of the issue with with coaches uh, when they when they're between jobs and they're they're doing broadcasting and this goes for any sport is they're always thinking about their next job. And they don't want to offend anybody or say something that's going to affect this player because that player may be on Team B when Team B wants to to change coaches, and and then you're you're sunk all of a sudden because their star player remembers what you said three years ago when you were you're sitting beside behind a desk uh, trying to listen to your boss there to be being told to be more entertaining and be 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 more uh, captivating. Uh, so I think that might be why uh, certainly, and we're already a conservative sport. And you, you, you narrow that down a little bit. You mentioned Daryl Sutter. I worked with his brother, uh, Richie Sutter, mm-hmm. for a number of years in, in, in Canada at Sportsnet. And, and he, was, he was good. Uh, he, was, uh, he was entertaining. He, he knew when to tell stories. He, once, uh, he got a pair of skates when he was drafted into the National Hockey League, a pair of CCM tacks. Mm-hmm. And this would be early 80s that he got these skates. Mm-hmm. And... He still had them, and we got telling a story about this. And he says, "I still got them." I'm like, well, bring them in. So he he loaded these skates. Uh, traveled in from from uh, Lethbridge uh, to Toronto. He loaded these skates in. They'd never been done up. Like he'd never put them on <laughs> in his entire life. They'd never been sharpened. Wow! These beautiful pair of tacks, and yeah. uh, and just there was a story that because you don't think of the Sutters as as naturally uh, entertaining. Uh, go out there and uh, put on a skit for you. Sure, they're just they're just not wired that way. Yeah. and so uh, it was always intriguing to me that uh, that uh, that Richie was so good at it. Yeah, I think Daryl would be great at it. And again, I, his press conferences at 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 various times and various stints with various teams have been must see TV. They've been phenomenal. I'm I'm a big Daryl Sutter guy. I've got a lot of time for him. One of, the, one of the other guys I, I, I think would be really – actually, two others that I think would be highly fascinating. One would be John Cooper, and yep. I, I think Barry Trotz would be really good as well because Trotz kind of – I just think about the time he did the hot lap at practice and mm-hmm. the big grin on his face. He seems like he's a guy who kind of enjoys fun despite the fact that the Islanders don't exactly play fun hockey. Uh, the the whole Daryl Sutter uh, reminds me. You've watched the win or lose skit that they used to do at Staples Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they play they play a clip, and then they would ask the players uh, if was that Daryl after a win or a yep. loss, and yep. they had to guess because yep. it was so hard to decide uh, determine which side <laughs> of the fence he was on yep. uh, because uh, he was just Daryl, mm-hmm. and and uh, and the, watching the players, his own players, yep. from games that they played in. Mm-hmm. Try to decide was that Daryl after a win or was that Daryl after a loss, and I did call it Staples Center because that's what it was called yeah. uh, back then. Now, crypto, cryptic dot com arena. Uh, we will uh, size up the game tonight against the L.A. Kings, and we will also bring you uh, a play of the day 
Uh, and it's not an actual play on the ice that's coming up next, but it involves a former Vegas Golden Knight. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. National Hockey League is officially back on the ice as the Montreal Canadiens and Tampa Bay Lightning are underway at Amelie Arena in Tampa. 2-1 bolts after 1 against the uh, Le Canadien. Interesting storylines uh, abound uh, out of that one, including a return of a star player. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But first, the play of the day, Ryan, and this one comes off the ice. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty cool story uh, that came out uh, earlier today, from, or a couple of days ago, actually, from um, the Winnipeg Jets' uh, media availability. And it, it centers around Paul Stastny uh, and Nikolai Ehlers, who spent the Christmas holiday with Paul Stastny and his family. Paul's wife, Haley, reached out to Nick's mother to find out what his favorite Danish holiday dish was. And then, as a surprise, they made it for him. So, uh, you know, Ehlers, uh, in his media availability, as this story kind of made the rounds, uh, said that he would be forever thankful for uh, for that from uh, both Paul Stastny and his wife Haley. And it's it's uh, no real shock or surprise to to me or you or, or I would imagine Chapman uh, or anyone that spent any time around Paul Stastny. It's it just uh, a guy that, that gets it, and um, that had to mean a heck of a lot to Nikolai Ehlers. Potato dish. It's a potato dish. Who doesn't love potatoes? Yeah, I hear I hear Copenhagen is one of the best food cities on the planet. I've never been, but one day I've got to go just to eat because there's so many like really famous Michelin star rated restaurants in Copenhagen. So I'm I'm imagining probably not an easy cuisine to, to master. You're spending Christmas overseas. I'd love to go to Copenhagen at Christmas. No, no. Will you let me finish? <laughs> no. You're spending Christmas overseas uh, and you're you're bunking in with some uh, some friends and they said we can make one thing for you. What are you, what are you asking them to make? Um, mm. Dang Come it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have like a, like a traditional. I mean, like we made. Like a pumpkin pie. We talked no, turkey. No, 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 we talking no. a little stuffing. No, like, no, that's, that's Thanksgiving. That's not Mashed potatoes. Now, my, my mom makes a really, really good lasagna, which is actually what we had for Christmas right, dinner okay, this year. So, yeah. so I, I would probably roll with a lasagna or baked ziti, something, yeah. some really good Italian macaroni dish. So, well so like, you're, you're asking me about Christmas dishes, and even though I made something really awesome on Christmas, like, um, I, I celebrate Hanukkah, so uh, I, I don't have a traditional Christmas dish that I would say, but you know, probably uh, a nice uh, brisket would would be the the way to a go. Brisket would for work. Me. Yeah, I'll take barbecue nachos. Uh, when we continue, we got that have to uh, do with anything. Wait, what? I just want barbecue a favorite dish. Nachos? I want what? a what? favorite oh, dish. I want them ridiculous. to find some barbecue nachos. What are barbecue? Na- I don't even think I've ever heard of barbecue nachos. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Barbecue, barbecue nachos exist, Chapman. They're really good. You should try them sometimes, but yeah. not for not for Christmas. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Darren, Darren Millard. I'm a big Christmas guy. I don't listen to Christmas music, and I don't like Christmas food. A little seven-layer dip with it. Uh, we've got uh, two tickets uh, to give away to the game against the Winnipeg Jets coming up on Sunday. That's going to happen in hour number two. Actually, we have two pairs of tickets to give away. Uh, yeah. So a couple of opportunities to uh, win as we connect with you in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights and the LA Kings on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 